Good morning, Solace Church. Thank you so much for being here today. This is uh, the beginning of our series called Rules of Engagement. I'm Lead Pastor Matt Blair. If you're a guest visiting with us, thank you. Thank you for being here as we begin this series. Maybe you're here because a friend or family member invited you or neighbor or classmate invited you and said, hey, this would be a great series for you to come check out at Solace Church. And so thank you for being here. If you're, uh, if you're watching online this morning at solacechurch.com, we also want to say thank you for being a part of our online audience today as we begin this new series. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, to all of those who are married, who are, who are dating, I hope you got a wonderful gift. My wife, um, she, uh, she got me a gift that was unique like none other. She uh, knows that my love language is words of affirmation. And so she, she uh, purchased for me a frame that she can write on words that are life-giving to me. That was a huge win. And so well done, Jennifer. She's not here this morning. My family's actually in Locust Grove. My, uh, my uh, niece is getting baptized this morning. So it's really, really cool. We're celebrating that in our family. Uh, I, I got Jennifer a pair of earrings that she picked out uh, and gave me the link to. And so I swiped that card or typed in those numbers. And that was my contribution uh, today for her. Uh, I actually drew her a happy Valentine's Day card in in stick figures. And I uh, drew her uh, those milestone moments through our journey and uh, wrote her a note inside of that. Uh, Isn't that sweet? Yeah, you're welcome. So, um, it's been, it's been a really cool weekend. Here's what I know, though. There's some of you in the room today, and happy Valentine's Day is not, you know, not the words that you want to hear. Maybe, maybe, for whatever reason, you're single and you would like to be dating, or you, um, quite honestly, maybe, maybe you've lost a loved one, or maybe you've gone through divorce, and this day might be more painful than, than a day of celebration. And we want to we recognize that. And so as we do this series, man, our prayer for, for you, if that's you, that, that God would take you on a journey of healing and provide for you exactly what you need because he is the one who provides our every need. And so our prayer is for you today. I was looking on Facebook and uh, da- down, the, down the feeds and one person said, is there any church in town not speaking about relationships this weekend, right? Obviously single and needing a place to go. They didn't have to hear about that. So man, listen, we understand that that's a part of the journey. But if you're here and if you're single, if you are dating, if you are engaged, then today is for you. If you're a parent here with a, with a, with a student, a, a teenager, or maybe, you know, maybe your, your, your child is in their 20s and you're trying to give them some advice or some perspective on dating, then this message is for you. So here's what I want us to do. Over the next three weeks, as we talk about uh, how, to do, how to do life in terms of the romantic relationship, uh, I want to take you on a journey. Today, we're going to talk about how to date. And if that doesn't register for you, next week, we're going to talk about how to have an affair. And if that doesn't connect, then the week after that, we're going to talk about how to stay married. So that's where we're going over the next three weeks. And what I want to do more than anything else this morning as we begin this series and talk about how to date, is I want to set the stage just from the beginning on how serious romantic relationships are. God created the marriage relationship, the romantic relationship, unique among all other relationships we have with other people. There is a level of vulnerability, there is a level of intimacy, there is a level of connection that does not exist in any other relationship. He made it unique. That's why when I stand before a couple and I am performing their wedding ceremony, I say to them that marriage is the second most important decision a person will ever make next to their relationship with God. 
And it should not be entered into lightly or without sound advice or counsel. And the reason why those words need to be said in that format is because the gravity of, about, uh, of what's about to happen is so significant. Two people are making a covenant with each other that should last till death. And dating is the precursor to marriage. I know we live in a society today that says, you know, we live in the, you know, the kind of the hookup generation. We just, you know, just go date for recreational purposes. But that is not at all the picture in scripture. And so if you're single, if you're dating, I want you to understand that what you are about to do if you're single or are doing as a dating couple, I want you to understand it is significant that you embrace, that we embrace together what God's word says about this matter. It is no light issue. It is significant. Those who navigate the journey of dating and marriage well tend to have health in their marriage relationship. Those who don't navigate those, those, those pieces well tend to struggle greatly. And so let's look at what God's word says about this. If you look at scripture cover to cover, one of the things that comes out as you, speak, as you talk about this romantic relationship is that God has established a way in which it should work. Uh, we've talked in the last series about this whole idea of the order of how God has, has, has called us to horizontal relationships. It's, it's, this, uh, it's Genesis 2. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, or be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. They were naked and unashamed. This, this verse in Genesis chapter 2 is basically repeated verbatim by Jesus in the New Testament. In, in, in several gospels, in Matthew specifically, Jesus has asked about divorce. And Jesus said divorce was not a part of God's original plan. But, but the, the God's original plan was that a man would leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And what God has joined together, let not man separate. Those are Jesus' words. So here we have the picture of how God views this incredible relationship called marriage. If you look at the, at, the, at the pattern of how a marriage relationship should unfold from single to actually to, to the wedding date, if you look at how that's supposed to unfold, one of the things you see is an interesting pattern. And so I want to give you the pattern this morning, just, to, just in case you've never heard this before, because this is the pattern that God has established for romantic relationships. And this is the way it works. It's covenant that I'm committing to you till death. I've gone through the process of coming to a place where I'm, I'm saying I'm willing to be in this with you until one of us passes away. And then after the covenant comes consummation. And by the way, if you're a parent here today and you have a child in the room that's like seven or 10 or maybe even 12, if you haven't had that talk yet today, we're gonna be talking about marriage relationships a little bit and about romantic relationships. And so if you need to take them out, totally appropriate to do that, all right? Consummation. Consummation. Now, we're going to talk about this in some depth in just a moment, but, but consummation is the, is the sealing, if you will, of the covenant. And again, I'll explain that in some more depth in just a moment. And the result of that is intimacy. So covenant, I do, better or worse, rich, poor, sickness and health, faithful to you till death. Consummation, the sealing of the covenant, the act of sex, and then intimacy that follows. This is the pattern God has established. But what I've discovered, and by the way, certainly I was tempted to get this out of order as well. But one of the things I've discovered is that in terms of dating in the 21st century, this pattern that God has established has been, has been turned on its head. What, what we have done in our society is we've switched a couple of these words around and it's led to something far different than what God has longed for us in terms of relationships. We do consummation previous to covenant. And, th and that leads to chaos. Um, have you ever heard of the app called Tinder? 
<clears throat> Isn't that awkward? You're like, most of you have heard of that app, but who's going to raise their hand, right? Yeah, Tinder, that, that app that you can download on your phone and you can go hook up with that girl or that guy that you've never met before and, you know, do whatever you want, right? That app. <laughs> yeah, that's our society today. Our society today says, let me find out who I can, you know, who I can engage with, who I can, who I can, uh, who I can receive the benefits from marriage from, sex and other things, which we'll talk about, right now at the first we live in a society that says you should test drive the car before you, get, before you actually buy it. That's a great, great thought for actually buying a car. It's a terrible model for marriage. I was talking to an individual this week and, and he said to me, if I look back over the relationships that I had before my marriage, every time... I took the relationship to having sex before marriage. It always complicated the relationship. Because consummation does not come before covenant. For some reason, we deceive ourselves into believing that I need to know everything about this individual at the deepest level. And then I'll make up my mind whether I want to be with them. But that's not the pattern God has for us. Should you know the person you're going to marry? Of course, and we'll talk about that as we move forward today. But playing married... Before you're married is the recipe for chaos. Now, here's what I know, because this is the second time I've done this today. There's some people in the room who are saying, oh man, look at him. He's got a tie on. He thinks he's like my dad. And he didn't get relationships these days. I mean, Matt, I really appreciate what you're saying, but you should have been preaching that message a generation ago. It probably applied. You don't know the real rules out there right now. They're different now, and it's just, just the way that it is. And so, listen, I appreciate what you're saying this morning, and I might even sit through and not fall asleep, but listen, you don't, you don't get my relationship. I mean, all these restrictions you're placing on me and this, and this whole idea of dating, that's, just, that's probably for some, but, but not for me. And I would say to you that God's Word... It's ageless and timeless. It applies across the board, whether a guy preaches in hipster jeans or a tie. It doesn't matter. Across the board, God's word applies. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to help you understand from Scripture the danger of this model of, of acting married before we are actually married. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and you can go there with me if you want to. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica. And Paul, in verses 1 and 2, basically says in chapter 4, he basically says, hey, I am so proud of you. You have taken some incredible steps forward in, in this whole journey of following Christ. And I celebrate that. But I want you to know, church, there's more. There's more to tell you. There's more wisdom. There's more life-giving wisdom that I want to share with you. And so Paul is going to write to the church in Thessalonica. And he's going to engage a, a cultural philosophy that existed, not just in Thessalonica, but throughout the Roman Empire. Places like Corinth, Ephesus, and many, many other cities where these churches are growing up. They, they are encountering, they are, they're coming face to face with this cultural philosophy, and by the way, 21st century culture today that says just hook up with whoever you want is not new. Very much alive in the first century. Paul's going to deal with that head on in these verses. So in verse number three of chapter four of 1 Thessalonians, 
Paul says, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, set apart, made holy. In other words, in the church, there's a different cadence and a different pattern of doing things. You're set apart. That you should avoid sexual immorality. He goes on to talk about what that looks like in verse number four. That each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. This applies, if you're single and want to date or you're dating right now, pre-marriage, this really, really, really should hit home. Because if you're dating, one of the struggles is when you give yourself over in a romantic type relationship, you don't want to give part of you. you, There's this felt need within us all to give all of us very early on in the relationship. And what Paul says is the pattern that God calls us to is to honor him by operating in self-control, by not giving myself to things that I shouldn't be giving myself to. And so in verse number five, he goes on to say, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. In the first century, the, the culture in terms of romance and sexuality was basically that, you know, that anything goes. That this is just some, some natural impulse within us and, and that you know, we should just, just uh, allow that, that desire to be fulfilled in what, whatever area or whatever circumstances that makes sense. And so that's why in the first century uh, at, at, at uh, these pagan uh, uh, temples that there were prostitutes. And, and Paul has to write to the church to help them understand that's what the culture's doing, but that's not what God calls you to. There's a different pattern of living. There's a different way of carrying out your life and, and, and carrying out relationships. And so don't act like someone who doesn't know God because it's a different way to live. All right, now, the most powerful verse in this series to me is verse number six, where Paul says in verse number six, and that in this matter, no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him The Lord will punish men for all such sins as we have already told you and warned you. These two two phrases here that I've highlighted in yellow are powerful. The idea of wronging his brother and taking advantage. The Greek word here brought into the English translated taking advantage literally means do not defraud. And this is what Paul's saying. If If you are in a dating relationship or want to be in a dating relationship, one of the temptations is to act like you're committed when you're not committed to get the benefits from commitment. That's why guys early on will say to their significant someone, their, their lovely woman that he is with, they will, he will say early on, babe, I love you. I just want you to know you're mine, I love you. All right. Three dates in, he's saying, I love you. What does he want? He wants to project a picture of commitment so the wife will give him what he wants, which is sex. Right? And ladies aren't off the hook on this as well. And, and sometimes it's the sexual temptation for you, but oftentimes, you know, a, a, a woman is wired more for stability and security. So she'll put the promise ring early on in the relationship so that she can get the benefits of having the security of her man, Right? And so, hey, I'll, take the, I'll take the ring and you can pay for it all. Now, nothing wrong, fellas, with paying for a date. You should do that. <laughs> I've seen guys, you know, the woman's committed, right? Early on, I'm committed. And so he'll spend crazy amounts of money on her, acting like they're married, right? Married, and she's all for that, right? Because, hey, listen, I'll act like I'm committed when I'm really not to get all the benefits of commitment. Paul says that's defrauding your brother or sister 
in Christ. It's defrauding. And so listen, we're all tempted to do this. Project commitment when there's really no commitment for the benefit benefits that come from commitment. So don't wrong each other by doing this. And so if you're here this morning and you're dating, listen, that's the reason why we get the, the, the pattern out of order. That's why we, we do all the consummation before the covenant because we want all the benefits of marriage without the commitments. And so for the next couple of minutes, here's what I thought we would do. Knowing that Paul calls the church to live differently, I thought it'd be appropriate this morning to walk through the process of doing the whole dating scene appropriately. So let's just talk really practically for the next couple of minutes. Because I hope that you leave today understanding that if I do it how God has called me to, then I'll see the benefits of what God has designed it to be. All right, now, I need to say this one thing before we talk practically, right? One of the cool things you see when you study scripture is that Paul, the apostle, oftentimes would say, hey, this message I'm giving you is from the Lord. You need to receive it from the Lord. And then other times he would say, God didn't give me this. I'm just telling you as a personal opinion, all right? So what I wanna do is I wanna give you the things this morning that are from scripture, and then I wanna have a little bit of fun giving you some insights from a, not an old, but a 30, almost 38-year-old pastor who dated about 20 or 25 years ago. hard to say. So I want to return you back to the beginning. When when God calls us to a pattern, how does that pattern actually play out? And what are the benefits of it? So let's go back to what, what we said from the beginning, which is God's pattern, which is covenant, I do, then consummation, the benefits of marriage, and then intimacy. Let's talk practically. For this to work right, you have to understand the levels of covenant or the progress towards covenant that every person needs to go through. So the beginning of covenant really starts with the idea of being. (laughs) If you're here this morning and you are thinking about dating or you are dating right now, here's my first piece of wisdom for you. The only way you're going to do dating right is if you are actually in a right relationship with God in the first place. You cannot date well if you are not in a right relationship with God. Hear me. There are a lot of people who, who, who start dating. They get into these romantic relationships. It's amazing. They are broken, dysfunctional, wounded. That's why rebound dating is not a good idea. All right, you're in, you're in these broken, dysfunctional situations inwardly. And then you try to give yourself to someone in a dating relationship and it does not work. You have to be in a right relationship with God before you can ever offer yourself in a way that's gonna to lead to health. And so here, I'm just gonna say this today. If you're here this morning and you are date, you're un, not married, if, you, if that's you, I wanna encourage you, even if you're in a relationship right now, if you feel like there's some things out of balance in your life right now, here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you in whatever's way appropriate for you to put that on hold for, for, for a little while until you can get some things solidified with God. And I know I just stress few of you out because all your security revolves around that romantic relationship you're in. But I'm telling you, if you're not first right with God, this is never going to work. So it's about being first. And then after we get the being right, I get my relationship with God in place and therefore I can begin to, to go on this whole journey of finding that person that I want to say I do to. After that, then you can start doing this next piece, which is the date or the dates stage. 
All right, now, if you're a parent here today, I don't have a whole lot of wisdom for you on when exactly your child needs to be date, or going out on dates. I don't know that age for you. For some of you, it's gonna be, you know, in, in the teens. For some of you, you know, you're like, you're out of my house first before you can date, right? And maybe you're still controlling them when they're in their 20s. I don't know what that looks like for you, right? And, 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 and what's really interesting, by the way, really interesting point is we live in a very interesting time culturally in terms of the whole dating thing. And here's why. Uh, a generation or two ago, uh, people got married when they were like 18 or 19. Now, I know some of you teenagers are freaking out right now, but I, I'm not lying about this. Let me show you. If you got married when you were 18 or 19 or before 20, can I just see your hand this morning? Can you raise your hand? Look, just look around. Look at, do you see all the people in the room that did that? <laughs> they look crazy to you, don't they? You're like, what are you thinking? Like, that seems so early. But the truth is, that, that, that a generation or two ago, that was pretty normal. You know, you went off to war. Before you went off to war, you were married or you got a job. And you, I mean, right out of high school, you were, you were connected. You were, you were engaged in the relationship. And so it's really weird what's happened. In our society today, adolescence has, has progressed. Now it's about 26, thanks to Obamacare. It's like 26 <laughs> years old now. So we've moved up in terms of when someone actually is like an adult and acts like an adult. And, and I've even heard some studies that say like 28 is now, you know, kind of adolescence. And, and there are some even suggesting into the 30s, people are still acting in adolescence, right? It's pretty significantly different. And so I just want to, I just want to say this to you. <clears throat> Parents, I don't know that age. And, and, and leaders of students, I don't know that age for sure exactly. But I want you to know a challenge that you're up against. Because a generation or two ago, you used to be able to say, son, daughter, young person, I know you're 16. I know you're 15. And I know there's a whole lot of stuff changing inside of you. And I know there's a whole lot of emotions going on and passions going on. And, you know, I know you've been going through that the last couple of years. And I know it's all weird to you and it's all new. But hear me, all you have to wait is a couple of more years. Now we say, here's the deal, man. Most people are getting married about 25 or 30. <laughs> so you're gonna need to wait about half of your life again, all right? And they're like, oh. You might as well be telling them they're gonna wait 10,000 years, right? It feels forever for them. But trust me, please hear me. Hear me. <clears throat> I know it's more difficult today. There's a longer wait oftentimes, but it doesn't remove the standard of scripture. It's a pattern that exists apart from this whole cultural phenomenon that we're going through. And so in this phase, I don't know when it starts for you, but in this phase, it's the date or the dates. And let me just tell you something powerful about this phase. One of the things that happens in romantic relationships is we tend to overcommit way too early. We tend to do exclusive dating very early on. And I don't think it's a necessarily a great idea. I, I was reading an article about a, 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 a pastor who was going to talk to his church about, you know, how to do all this. And he said he sat down with his grandma. And his grandma said, he, you know, she spoke into this, you know, this whole idea of overcommitting too early. And his grandma said, look, when I was growing up, my parents told me that you can go out on dates, but you can't date the same person two times in a row. That was incredible. Do you know what that says? That says, I'm willing to be the right person first and then discover the different kinds of people that are out there so that I don't connect with just the first person that came my way. Hear me. There are some people you don't connect very well with. 
And if you give yourself over for the first person that says, I like you or I love you, you may end up marrying someone you don't like at all. So I would encourage you not to be overly committed too early. If you're 15 or 16, my goodness, exclusive dating at this point is not necessarily a great idea. And I just hurt some of your feelings. Parents, please hear me. Let them have an opportunity to go date with different people. This is where group dating is, applies and many, many other kinds of that. But it's very non-committal at this point, all right? Hear me. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with websites like Match.com or eHarmony. I don't have a, have a problem with Tinder, but I don't, I don't have a problem with the other ones, okay? But, but let me just tell you, the best place you can find some people to do this with is in the context of the church. Young people. Scripture calls us to be first. But then when we are in a right relationship with God, when we, give our, when we begin to go out and begin to explore this idea of dating, Scripture calls us to not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. That is not to be hitched up with someone that doesn't share my same passion for Jesus or my same desire to honor God. Because if you hitch yourself up to someone who, has, who doesn't share like passions or like values, you are in for a, a, a multitude of problems. So it's the, day, it's, the, it's, the, it's the date phase or the date. You go out. It's fun. Have fun. Enjoy it. Go to the movies. Fellas, it's not a bad thing, even on the first date, to buy your lovely woman's meal or movie. But eventually, it's going to move on, right? So I'm in a right relationship with God. I'm beginning to explore this. It doesn't matter if I'm 16 or I'm 40 and it's, you know, I'm dating again or whatever. This is the stage. But eventually, it's going to move. At some point, you're going to find that someone that you connect with. You're going to find that someone who actually, you, you know, your heart can, tends to beat for and, and you're, you're enjoying the, the, the time with them uh, that you've already spent. And this phase is interesting. I, you know, I, I put on Facebook, if you were, if you were uh, on Facebook this last week, I, I ask you to tell me what it, was, what it was called in your generation. And that was fun to, to listen to some of the answers. And so the, the word dating here, you know, this is basically, it's the boyfriend-girlfriend stage. And so some of you put like going steady. That was like a couple of generations ago. Going steady was that, uh, that, that word. Um, uh, dating was a popular one. Going out was one. Um, I, I saw one going around. Like, I don't know. That sounds like infidelity to me. I'm not sure... That one applies. One of my favorite ones was, uh, was broke. I thought that was really good. Like that, that's a pretty good picture of what it looks like to be in, in this phase of dating, right? Boyfriend and girlfriend. And so whatever that means, whatever that word is, maybe if I was relevant today, Facebook official would apply to some of you, right? Like you put it, your status changed, right? I'm with him. I'm with her. It's an interesting phase. Let me just tell you, if you're a guy here today, and this is a great, by the way, there's a great resource by Tommy Nelson. It, he, he did a whole series on the Song of Solomon. I would encourage you to check it out. And if you, if you want to look at this just real quick, you can see this. Tommy Nelson d- uh, did a series on Song of Solomon. If you want to take a picture of that or write that down, you can go buy that or purchase that. Great information on this whole, whole idea of dating. Okay, so, but in this dating phase, hear me, fellas. One of the great things you can do in the relationship is you can make a declaration about what's true about the relationship. When this phase happens, you can actually be clear with your significant other, we are boyfriend and girlfriend. Now, to be fair, you're gonna need to have that conversation with her. Don't just demand that of her, right? But give her some clarity. This is where we are in the relationship. We are dating. But notice, we are not consummating a relationship. Haven't reached that yet. Still just dating right now. I'm not playing married. We're just dating. Hear me. 
Giving a kiss on a first date is a bad idea. It sends the wrong signal. Going further than you should in this phase. And I don't know exactly. You can research this and scriptures, you know, it doesn't give us a specific answer. I heard one youth, uh, uh, youth evangelist teacher uh, talk about this one time and he said, just stay out of the box, right? So the box is shoulders to knees. Just stay out of that area and you won't have any problems whatsoever. That's a pretty good model. Whatever yours is in this phase, there needs to be accountability, In this phase, you are starting to really get connected with this person and everything within you wants to play marriage. You want to receive all the benefits of marriage. Right now in this phase, you need accountability. You need someone speaking to your life and asking, are you maintaining purity? It's a great opportunity to include, you know, whatever, if you're in a solace group, that person in charge of the solace group, or if you're a young person, a youth sponsor or a pastor, somebody that's helping check in on you. One of the things you want to do in this phase is get alone by yourself. when you're alone by yourself in the dating phase it's difficult to maintain purity at some point though the relationship is going to progress and and I, I don't know for sure Tommy Nelson says that these first stages should be a first couple of months you know the dating phase should last maybe three or four months it's a really good picture at some point though you move to the courting phase and this is a powerful step as well the courting phase is the phase that you reach a place where you say I think this person is the one I want to marry And you don't know that for sure, but you're moving beyond just saying, you know, we're together to I'm really in interest. I'm really serious about moving this relationship forward. And again, clarity is important. (laughs) This is where a ring on the finger might apply, a promise ring, or some conversations about what does it look like for us to do life together forever. All that kind of stuff begins to happen in the courting phase. But remember, I'm still in covenant and I'm not over here in consummation. I haven't had sex yet. I haven't, I'm not moving in with you yet, right? We're not sharing our assets together yet. We're still just in a, in a journey towards covenant. So in this phase, hear me, that's when mom and dad come into play. Fellas, I know it's old and I'm sure you're gonna say you're here, your tie's talking again this morning, Matt. I know it's old school, but including the parental figures in the conversation is critically important. And the younger you are, the more your parents are going to get involved earlier in this process. But I'm just telling you, this is the stage right here between dating and courting where you go, you sit down with mom and dad, you meet them. Maybe you've already met them, but you begin having conversations like, what does this look like for us to move forward, right? You haven't asked for permission to marry this person yet, but you're beginning to have the conversations. In the courting phase is the pre-engagement phase where you begin to, to have the conversation about this is what I want. I want us to pursue this in terms of marriage. At some point, though, you eventually get to the place, if things continue to progress well, that you actually are engaged. And I just want to say this again. This is old school, but I really, really believe this. There's something great and wonderful about the traditional picture of going to the dad and saying, can I have your daughter's hand in marriage? And I recognize in our culture, in our world, oftentimes the dad is removed from the equation. So if it's not possible, I get it. But go to whoever the parental authorities are in their life and ask for permission. It's a great thing to do. Accountability is a wonderful thing and ask for permission. And I would tell you guys, the great, great thing you can do is when you actually propose to your wife, I did this on Valentine's Day. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. This is our anniversary of when we were engaged. That's amazing. My wife's not even here to celebrate that with me. But anyway, I got on my knee and I looked at her and I asked her, will you be my wife? And, and so I think there's something amazing about a guy humbling himself, a picture of Christ and humility, offering the opportunity to do life with this person forever. And so guys, at some point, relationship turns 
to this engagement. The courting should last a couple of months because hear me, when you start getting serious about the relationship, you wanna move quickly into the phase where you can enjoy the benefits of the relationship uh, in the consummation phase. But in the engagement phase, I love what Tommy Nelson says about this. He says, the engagement phase should be as short as possible. (laughs) Because when you put the ring on, you're ready to do marriage with them. And so there shouldn't be, he says, there shouldn't be, you know, 18 months, 24 months engagement period. If it's taking you that long, we had a problem previously. Okay, so the engagement. Now, here's the cool thing. Once the engagement happens, you've gone through the process of connecting and that's where, you know, relationships are headed um, in terms of covenant. Then eventually there's the, there's, the, there's the marriage or the wedding ceremony where you eventually get to say, all right, I'm committing to you till death. Now, once you go through this process, then you receive the benefits of the marriage relationship, which is consummation. What are the benefits of, of, of consummation? When there's a covenant, there is a really cool and wonderful thing happen, that, that happens. Now I've committed, I've gone through the process and I've maintained a level of purity. Hear me. I've maintained purity because one of the great benefits of maintaining purity in the process is the consummation. And the first thing about consummation is what it specifically means, which is the idea of sex. In the Jewish culture, this is so cool, the Jewish culture, when the wedding day happened, a husband and wife exchanged vows. They sent the party off after the wedding was over to the reception. And off to the side was a room called the bridal chamber where the husband and wife who had just offered to one another a covenant went into that room to consummate the marriage relationship right after the covenant. And then, then they went to the party. They went to the reception and everyone went, Woo! Yeah! Because they had kept themselves so they could offer themselves. It's the value. Not only that, this is when you actually do live together. You don't do it before. This is now the benefit of marriage. Now you live together. And then ultimately you share assets together as well at this stage. It's the joining of our lives together. This is the picture. And ultimately this leads to intimacy and not chaos. Now, I don't know where you are on the journey. If you're dating or single, somewhere on that journey, it's a picture of you. Paul in Ephesians says that one of the great things that Christ has done for his bride, the church, is that he, through his death, burial, and resurrection, is going to offer to the Father, the church, the bride, pure, without spot, without blemish. He gave himself up so the church could be offered to the Father. Hear me. It's exactly the same picture in marriage. The man is going to present his bride on the day of their wedding spotless, without blemish, in purity as a gift because he's honored her in that process. God's design. You're here this morning and you would say, Matt, I blew every one of those. I didn't get one of them right. Not one of them. Or maybe maybe you're here right now and you would say, Matt, I'm in the middle of that and I'm not doing that one right. Let me just tell you something. Hear me. While this is the pattern God has given us, God is gracious, long-suffering, full of mercy, and ready to forgive. And maybe you've not been doing it right to this point, but maybe today as you've heard this, maybe today God through his spirit would say to you, hey, you know what? There is always an opportunity 
to align yourself now so that you can operate in purity from this point forward. Jennifer and I struggle with this greatly in this covenant stage. If you're a young person, you need to hear this. Jennifer and I, when we got married, we were virgins, and I'm thankful for that. And that is not a pride statement. That is just a reality statement. But it was incredibly difficult to maintain purity. (laughs) We would go by ourselves, bad idea, and we would put a Bible between us like that was actually going to stop us, okay? But we did it. And we climbed over the Bible a couple of times. I'm just confessing to you, okay? It's just true. I'm glad she's not here to hear that. But I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that we were able to give the gift of all of us to each other after covenant. And so if you're here this morning and you've been doing this all backwards and all out of, out of balance and maybe you've been struggling with this, I want to do this with you. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Hey, this is Pastor Matt Blair. Thank you so much for taking time to check out our podcast today at solacechurch.com. You know, we realize that it's possible as you listen to this message today that God may have spoken to your heart about something. So if you made any kind of spiritual decision, we would love to know about that. You can email us at info at solacechurch.com and let us know what happened in your life today. Once again, thank you so much for taking time to check out this podcast.